Welcome to Maison Pur, the podcast. I'm your host, Molly Hill. This podcast is all about natural living and how to get there without stressing out. We'll discuss easy tips to help create a healthier home, natural ways to care for our bodies, and so much more. Welcome back to the podcast and welcome to season three. I'm excited to kick things off with an interview with a brand founder of one of the original green beauty brands. If you've been into green beauty at all, I'm sure you've come across One Love Organics. It's a gorgeous skincare line. All of their products are effective. And the founder, Suzanne, is one of the trailblazers within green beauty, is so knowledgeable about everything from ingredients to how all the different certifications work. So I'm excited to get some behind the scenes info with her today. Hi, Suzanne. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Molly. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. You know, I've been a longtime fan of One Love Organics, and I'm so excited to chat with you and also just get some behind the scenes on the brand, how you got started, and also uh, just some of your processes and things that you, you do. Thank you. Yeah, so I guess we should just jump in to the beginning because you had quite a career shift. You went from practicing law to founding this company. And, um, you know, of course, that's two completely different fields, but I'm sure you could draw on some experience from uh, practicing law into, you know, forming a business. But what was the catalyst for your major shift? You know, I went through life with a plan of achievement with no real thought to long-term interest or happiness, I guess is the best (laughs) way that I could say it. And I found myself uh, achieving each goal from, you know, the high school grades to college, to getting into law school, doing the LSAT, passing the bar, the whole list of achievements. And when I was done, I was like, oh my gosh, now I have to do this for like 40 years. (laughs) And it was really eye-opening. And, you know, um, that generation and time, we didn't question happiness or fulfillment, I don't think as much. And it was really after having kids and being able to connect with new life and really wanting the best for somebody that I started to be able to apply those principles to myself yeah. And figuring out uh, what was really fulfilling to me. And so as a hobby, I had been making skincare since I was in law school and um, really enjoyed it. It was my passion. It was what I did when um, I was reading a book at the beach or I had free time. That's what I was doing. And so um, really, I'm lucky enough to have a supportive husband that, you know, said, you do this for free, which tells me (laughs) might want to do this for a living instead of practicing law. And, you know, Molly, at the time, this was like 2008, and there were no, like absolutely no role models for green beauty or starting a beauty brand or indie beauty. Um, So it felt really crazy to even think such a thing. I think at the time, Um, The lines that I was looking to was Walita, Dr. Hauschka, um, and they were European and very um, 
very well established at that time. So it was an interesting, like I look back and I can't believe that we actually did it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that must have been such a huge leap of faith. And you're so right. There was nothing back then as far as, well, I think about today, if you want to start a skincare brand, well, any indie beauty line, there's all sorts of organizations out there that can help you along and role models you can look to for how they did it. And probably people that would be willing to mentor you along with it too. So you were just kind of on your own with it. Completely on our own. We went to the first um, health and beauty expo. They don't even have it anymore. It was in New York in 2010. And Everyone that we met and introduced ourselves just told us that we were crazy. Natural and organic was a fad. Retailers weren't supporting it. And that whatever money we had invested was a loss and to move on. And it was really demoralizing. And we went to Space and K and a couple of other places just kind of shopping. And there was these little green bottles with like hand labels on them that said Tata Harper. And we were like, someone else is doing this. (laughs) Someone else is, has this on their mind as well. And, and it was very encouraging. And, uh, you know, we had went to New York to officially launch the brand. So, um, we did launch the brand and was just so surprised at the, at the consumer demand. So what I love about the whole natural and organic uh, beauty movement is that it was really directed by consumers, not retailers. The retailers caught on once the consumers gave enough demand. So it's just been a really fascinating upside down journey. Yeah, that is so interesting. And you see now some of the bigger retailers that even fought it for a while, now they all have their you know, quote unquote, clean section, even though a lot of times it's not so clean, but they are at least trying to provide something because they know that demand is there from the consumers. The demand is there from the consumers for sure. And it's, it's spun the whole industry around since I started. Again, we officially launched in 2010 and it took us a couple of years to get started. So I've been doing this for 14 years now. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I started uh, my blog back in 2014. And even then there was not a lot to choose from. I mean, really, there there was more probably than when you started, but you were one of the original ones that was there. And I actually met you at a night for green beauty. And I believe that was 2015, if I'm not mistaken, in Chicago. We sure did. I still have that photo. Yeah, I do too. Maybe I'll have to uh, post that to stories when this airs. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that was my first experience going and being able to meet um, the brands in person. Now we have some retailers here in Charlotte that carry a lot of the the brands like Aaliyah. Uh, and they, you know, I can go experience it. But it was the first time I was able to like go try samples of the products. It was just so exciting, you know, because it's just it was so hard to find back then. It was equally exciting for me to go around and get to meet the founders and try their products. And as you know, it's just such a warm, amazing community. I tell everybody that um, I'm, I'm not only lucky to get to do my dream job, but it's a really supportive. I mean, our competitors are actually supportive in most cases. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, that is. It's so unique to this industry as well. But I, I agree. I feel like this is very supportive, like all the way around. 
Yes. So along with your shift, and of course, you mentioned you were already making skincare in your free time before you started. Um, You also had studied aromatherapy, herbs, nutrition, cosmetic chemistry. So, uh, you know, you mentioned being an achiever. I can see when you dive in, (laughs) you really dive all in. Um, But I was wondering how those came into play when you were creating One Love Organics. Well, it did it's been a lifelong journey. Um, I grew up on a farm and my dad's also a pharmacist. So we really had that nature versus science conversation in our house a lot. And so I had already had that background and I had really unfortunate skin. I started breaking out at an early age, um, redness, irritation, bumps, just constant issues with my skin. And um, we tried everything in the pharmacy that you can think of, except for retinol. My dad would never let us put retinol on our skin after what he saw it did to his patient's skin. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a serious, harsh uh, product. I don't know how people use it regularly. I've seen that it almost, um, it causes a lot of redness and irritation. Yeah. So, but I tried everything else. And when that didn't work in the pharmacy, we moved on to uh, department stores, fancy brands, you name it, we tried it and uh, never had any improvement. And so when I started law school, um, it was really stressful. So to cope with the stress, I joined a yoga studio and um, started taking yoga and they had aromatherapy classes on the weekends. So I decided to take one just to see what it was all about. And Molly, it actually worked. I mean, it just, I was really skeptical, but I started using orange oil when I studied and lavender oil when I was stressed out or needed to sleep. And I would just simply just massage it in or or uh, back then diffusers, you had to put a little oil and essential oil and burn a candle under it. Yeah. And it, it actually worked. That's amazing. So it really did. I got my first A using orange oil and, and that was in tax law. Wow. <laughs> so when oh. I say it works, it works. And um, so I went to the teacher and I told her a little bit about my skin issues. And she said, just like your diet, you need to use plant-based products and keep it very simple. And Molly, I had never heard of such a thing. Uh, There were no (laughs) such thing as plant-based products back then. So she showed me how to make really simple blends of plant-based oils blended with essential oils. And for the first time in 25 years, my skin cleared up. Wow. And no one could believe it. Um, My different friends were like, I cannot believe that your skin looks this good, you know, using a blend of jojoba and orange oil, but it it did. (laughs) So then I learned to keep it super simple and plant-based and I've never really had issues with my skin again, which is crazy given the amount of grief I had for the first 25 years. Um, So then I moved on and, you know, practice all got married, had kids. And then when I had kids, um, I just wanted to make sure that we had products in the household that everybody could use, you know, so you could put something in the shower on the bathroom counter that mom, dad, kids, everybody could use. Sure. And that's actually how the line started 
But then the moms would ask, hey, I need something for, you know, uh, the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles or, hey, I need a mask. And that's how it developed more until mom line um, or or a women's line, I, I might say. Um, but our first products was Easy Does It Foaming Cleanser, Skin Savior Balm and Brand New Day Scrub and Mask. Those were the first three. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I remember that. That was like the big three when I, even when I started that you had those three, those were the first three items I tried from you. Oh, you did? Yeah. (laughs) I love, and I love Skin Savior. It's still so good. It's just such a great balm, especially in the winter. Thank you. It, um, it does a little bit of everything in our household still. (laughs) Yeah. My kids are teenagers now. Uh, yeah. So they still, do they still want to use your products or do you, they feel like, um, you know, I, I feel like as Carson's got it, gotten to be a preteen, you know, he still will use the stuff I want him to use, but there's so much curiosity about like what else is out there, you know? Yes. I've got one that will use nothing but my products and he's very serious about his routine and um, he'll test things with me and he's really into it. My other one is like, hey, can I buy some Axe deodorant? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, um, you can. I'm going to let you make your own decisions at 16, but. <laughs> <laughs> but we're all going to have to smell that in the house now. <laughs> but exactly. But it, um, I'm not washing your clothes with mine because that smell stays. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. I was thinking that's like the worst of the worst, too, as far as like the heavily scented. <laughs> oh. It um, is, but he still actually uses Easy Does It for cleansing his face and hair and body. So I, I'm flattered. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about, well, first of all, do you want to talk about your location? Because you are located in such a gorgeous little part of our country. Yes, we are in Georgia. And it's so funny because a lot of people are like, I didn't know there was a beach in Georgia. Um, and we've got all these little beautiful islands right on the Atlantic Ocean that are dotted out there that are just gorgeous. We have the live oaks and the white sand and the, the palm fronds everywhere. It's really, really pretty. And um, But it's also a really small rural town. So building a manufacturing facility here was a interesting task. Um, we had to get people with knowledge from outside to come in. And then it's also been a great opportunity for jobs and, and different careers here. So, um, so it's great all around. It's, I think, I think we love our community and I think our community loves that we set up Georgia's only eco search certified lab here. Yeah. So, so that's interesting because, um, and I definitely want to talk about that. I, I've, see a lot of the natural brands are um, outsourcing a lot of things, even the manufacturing, um, but you actually went ahead and built your own high-tech lab and you're there, you know, from you're a part of sourcing the ingredients and you're there as you're packaging the products. What, um, you know, when, when you're thinking about it and I know you want the brand to have your, you know, be up to your standards. Why is it important, do you think, for you to be there each step of the way? Well, a lot can happen each step of the way. Um, There's, it's like baking a cake, you know, and starting with the best ingredients and an oven with the right temperature 
and then putting it in, you know, if you put cupcakes and paper that stuck too much to it, you would lose the bottom. Like it's very intricate. And we knew when we started the amount of money, investment and celebrity endorsements that are in the beauty world are so literally overwhelming and high dollar that we would have to have the highest quality products that actually worked so that people would spread our name through word of mouth and that we would give the highest customer service, that we would actually be friends with our customers, listen to them, poll them and be there when they had questions. And those were the two things that our business would hinge on. And if not, we wouldn't make it. And I still believe that to this day and we still operate that day uh, to to this day. So when you get a product from us, it's going to be the highest quality possibly made. Uh, Most labs run 24 hours a day and have three different shifts and they're juggling, you know, 60 to a hundred companies at any one time. And so, you know, a lot of it's not unique. A lot of companies don't have the time to formulate from scratch and go through the necessary testing. Um, so I just feel like a lot of products are just okay. You know, they're not bad, but they're they're just okay. So yeah. to seek out a smaller brand, um, there has to be something really there, I think. Yeah. And that was just our business plan from the start was to have just really amazing products and customer service. And it's and that's worked for us. Absolutely. And I, I do, I think that's part of the difference with green beauty. I feel like a lot now, not every single brand, but a lot of the brands take such ownership and pride over the products that they're putting out. And, and that's totally reflected here with one love organics. It's your, you know, you can feel that a lot of intention was put into the products and that you're really watching it each step of the way. And I've seen other brands where, you know, it'll come out later. There's controversy about, oh, they didn't know the products were being made in this facility that had child labor or whatever. And they're just, it's, it surprises me to see a brand that cares enough to make organic products, but then they're so hands-off with like the rest of it. Like they have no idea what's happening while their products are being produced, you know? <laughs> Well, I will say it's hard and expensive. We put a lot of dollars that could go to marketing or events or flashy stuff into the behind the scenes stuff that's not maybe as cool. Um, But I think long term, the customer would rather pay for the ingredients and the and the slower process that we take. So we don't heat our stuff up too hot. That would, would degrade the nutrients Um, We store it in air conditioned or climate controlled year round. You know, I think we take a lot of steps that people may not see, but I think when they use the products, they can feel that. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Um, So one thing that I get asked about a lot from readers um, and listeners, (laughs) the, there's a lot of different certifications out there uh, for natural and organic um, and some you know, it, it can be kind of misleading at times, but then also confusing just because you don't know what does it mean. So if I buy this product that says it's totally organic, what does that mean? Or if I buy this that says it has this certification, but one that we see a lot is EcoCert. And so I thought as someone who's not only been through the process, but had to build a facility with the specifications for it, that you would be 
great to ask because you know the ins and outs so well. So I was going to see if you could tell us a little bit about what that means to you know have that certification and what was the process you had to go through to obtain it. Absolutely. Um, that's one of our uh, one of the achievements we're most proud of. We became EcoCert certified eight years ago. And again, we still have the only EcoCert lab in Georgia. Wow. Um, so it is, it is, um, so here's where my law degree comes in. <laughs> <laughs> How this might have helped. It's very technical. The manuals, the rules, the things you have to comply with are, are extremely um, voluminous. So I think had my husband and I not been attorneys, I'm not sure we would have gotten through it. So very thankful for that. But I will say, Molly, that I absolutely love the attention and care EcoCert gives. They are a European standard and they're for cosmetics. So we looked at like the USDA standard. But it's a food-based standard that applies to cosmetics. So we couldn't use some of the cosmetic ingredients we wanted to, like lactic acid, hyaluronic acid, things like that. But EcoCert knows cosmetics. And I really love that. And you can be certified organic or you can be certified natural. And again, it's very rigorous standards on the ingredients themselves. The formula as it's compiled and the final product is it's made and batched and stored. Oh, wow. So they they physically audit you every year to make sure that you are compliant, not only with how the products are made, but how you operate the business. They look at your cleaning plan, your pest control plan, your recycling plan. They look at how you market the products to make sure you're not making claims that aren't true for uh, certified organic products. So it's extremely thorough, and I'll have to say that um, having been through the certification for the past eight years, if I see an EcoCert um, certified product, I won't hesitate to buy it. Like, there's just no hesitation. All the boxes are checked for me because it's that rigorous to to source it and produce it and store it and sell it. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's so comprehensive. So it really does cover everything. You can have peace of mind about the product. It literally covers from how they get it out of the ground to how they put it in the bottle and even what bottle and pump and box it is. It is extremely thorough. And, and, you know, I don't see that many EcoCert certified products, but when I do, I, I, if I'm interested in it, I don't hesitate to buy it. Yeah. And I love that for our customers. You don't have to look up an app or research ingredients. That's all been done for you. It kind of makes shopping stress-free and fun. Yeah, that that's true. And that, I mean, just knowing all the rigorous, I mean, all everything that you had to go through for that. And so, you know, it gives you peace of mind if you do see that label. I wanted to ask, I know better now than to ask what's your favorite product, because usually <laughs> <laughs> the founder will always tell me that they can't choose between their children. So I wanted to ask what was some of your favorite products to develop, because I know we had worked together on a launch you had last year, and um, I was just so fascinating hearing you talk about the process of how you were um, selecting the ingredients and sourcing different things. And so I know some, I, it's probably fun to develop all the products, but I know some probably you get a little bit more like, wow, this is really cool. I found this amazing ingredient and how do I use it? Things like that. 
it's actually really a lot of fun today to develop products because again, going back 12 years, um, ingredient suppliers didn't have the technology, the studies, the certifications that they have today. So um, I will say I have a lot more fun the past five years developing products. But my two favorite projects that I'm, I'm the most proud of and really excited about the technology in them is the Botanical A Bio Retinol that you got to try. Yeah. Um, as I told you earlier, my dad would never let us use retinol. So I've never actually had retinol on my skin. So I had to research what retinol does and why people use it and then take plant-based actives like lactic acid, fetic acid, salicylic acid, um, retinol-like actives from plants and try to see if we could mimic some of the effects of retinol but without the downside, without the redness, the peeling, the irritation. Um, so to actually do that, it, it took us over two years and we tested a lot of things on the market. Um, and it's really interesting to see that come alive where it's effective, but not irritating. Yes, that that was the product I had in mind because that has such the the formulation. If you really take a look at all the different ingredients, it's just so fascinating and it's gorgeous. Like the product itself is pretty, and I know the color comes from one of the ingredients in it. But it's so funny that it ended up being like so on brand for you, the color and everything. <laughs> yeah, it just came together beautifully, and I'm super proud of it. And then we just recently released a hyaluronic acid serum. Um, I have wanted to use hyaluronic acid for years, but it irritated my skin and or felt sticky and I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. So our goal was to find why sometimes hyaluronic acid irritates your skin and, and did tons of research into that, a really deep dive into uh, journals and clinicals to see why, because you won't find this information in marketing, you know. Um, and then we wanted to make it silky and lotion-like instead of a gel texture. So we finally, again, we worked on these projects at the same time. So they took about two years. But what I discovered is that with the different grades of hyaluronic acid, they vary tremendously. And that it's kind of like virgin organic coconut oil. There's really like a virgin cold processed hyaluronic acid then it kind of goes down from there in the grades. Okay. And the highest grade is, is the premium high molecular weight hyaluronic acid. And that's what kind of forms a breathable barrier. It helps fill in fine lines and wrinkles. It's a humectic. It draws water from the air to your skin. But then the grades lower than that that are, that are smaller can irritate the skin. Interesting. Okay. So, so um, sorry to interrupt. Well, how do you, how do you know? So if, say I just go and buy, um, you know, a, a random product, would I be able to tell what type of hyaluronic acid they use by reading the label or would I have to, you know, the, is it not something that's specified? It's not specified. And, and going back to manufacturing, I doubt most brands even know what size they're using. Honestly, they would have to reach out and ask the lab. Oh, Wow. And this is why, again, I just love that hands-on every step of the way piece of what we do, because 
I know exactly what size we use. I know where we get it from. I know how much it costs. <laughs> that it's the first run of hyaluronic acid. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's like the best of the best. It's the best of the best. So you are a busy entrepreneur and a mom, as you said. So I know even, you know, for me, it's hard to juggle everything and find time for myself. And I'm sure the demands of running One Love Organics takes a lot of your time. But I wanted to know, how do you carve out time for yourself and just to practice wellness and even just decompress? I love to um, take walks with my dog. And we get out and explore and and get in nature and I let her take her time and sniff around. And we always see some kind of um, wildlife or people on our walk that makes it interesting. So when I switched from like walking for exercise to walking for fun, it became a lot more fun. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? It's amazing how that works. (laughs) It really is like I used to be like, oh, I've got to do this many steps and in this time and my heart rate and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't look forward to it. And now we head off to the beach. We go on trails and we don't look at the time and we don't look at the steps. And it's a lot more fun. Yeah. You're probably walking even further than you would if you were trying to keep track of the steps. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I find I'm more consistent with it. So Turning that into something I enjoy instead of something I have to do, which started probably in 2020 when, you know, we had COVID and we had lots of time. (laughs) It's just been one of the biggest improvements I've made in my life. So if I, if anybody out there is listening to this, you know, go exercise for fun, like actually. (laughs) Yeah. The biggest difference. (laughs) Less of a dreaded chore. And yeah, and you'll stick to it more. So that's been a really big surprise. Um, Then a really funny thing about me is that I love to put together puzzles. I like to light a candle and get a podcast going and I can work on a puzzle for two or three hours. Oh, wow. I bet that's so relaxing, though. It's so relaxing to me. But of course, you know, I have two teenage boys and a husband and they uh, I'm one female in a house of boys. (laughs) <laughs> and they rib me about it a little bit for sure. <laughs> That's funny. But you know, I I haven't actually gotten into doing puzzles, but I do like, I could see that having that ritual of lighting the candle and then you're listening to a podcast and you're doing something that's not too, too terribly difficult, but it's like, you know, keeping you occupied. I think that would be just very like stress reducing. Well, I actually pick pretty difficult puzzles. So it is difficult. Oh, and, really? And, yeah. My <laughs> husband is always like, why? I don't understand how this is fun. Why is this fun for you? <laughs> I can literally lose time. Like I'll start at seven o'clock and I'll look up and it's 10 o'clock, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I just need to know, like, what is like the puzzle size? Like how many pieces are in these puzzles you're doing? A thousand pieces. Wow. Goodness. And how long, how many days does it take you to complete them? Well, it depends anywhere from two days to five days, depending on, you know, how long I work on it or how into the groove that I get. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm so, I'm like really fascinated by this. <laughs> I may have to try doing a puzzle, but I don't know if I'm going to do like a super difficult one. <laughs> no, start with like 300 pieces. Okay. You can do that in a couple of hours and, you know, it's one and done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have to look into that. 
And um, there's a question I ask when I remember, <laughs> I ask people who are on the podcast. And this is one that I especially want to hear your answer since you're one of the originals here in Green Beauty. But what does Green Beauty mean to you? Green Beauty to me is a product that I feel good about putting on my skin. I feel good about how it's made, how it impacts the environment. And I know that it's not typically going to cause any reactions. So I feel confident using it. So to sum that up, I have found out really green beauty means what is in it, but also what's not in it. And I would say the biggest flag for me, honestly, when I narrow it down to all of my work in the the green beauty community um, is any petrochemical derivatives, um, which there's a ton that's mineral oil, uh, paraffin, there's a lot of different derivatives. So you do have to look up the ingredients until you're familiar with it and fragrances that are synthetic and harsh surfactants. If, if I avoid those three things and use plant-based products, my skin really flourishes. So that's what green beauty really means to me is, is things that have a positive impact on your, the, the skin health. And then secondary would be their impact, you know, on the environment sustainability. I love that answer. I, my thoughts are very similar. So especially about the petrochemicals, those are so sneaky. So sneaky. And, you know, it's the same derivatives as gasoline and plastic wrap. Like it's really not good for your skin, but it's moisturizing. So, you know, in the clinicals and things that actually is moisturizing, but it also um, doesn't allow your skin to breathe. Right. Either, so it's very occlusive. Very occlusive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love that answer. And I love learning more about how you got started and especially about the EcoCert, how that whole process went. That was very, very interesting. I appreciate your time and coming on today. Thank you so much for having me, Molly. I was really I'm pleased that you asked me. Thank you. You're so welcome. All right, Suzanne.